pray that each of you are blessed and well. I pray that you are strengthened and encouraged of God, even as I address you on tonight. I know tonight is a very special night, particularly for our country and for our history. It's election night. And even as I address you at this moment, I'm certain that election results are pouring in. For some of you, that might be a source of anxiety. I felt it incumbent to come to you tonight to address you to pray with you, to talk with you, to discuss those things that really matter as it relates to our relationship with God and how even we look at ourselves. This is important when we look at the context of our country, the things that impact us, the things that are important, and yes, even the things that may be outside our hands, that all we can do is pray. Having said that, can I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this opportunity, for this day that you have made. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we ought to rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, I thank you just for your people who have joined us tonight. Touch each of their lives, their hearts, their minds, their spirits. Lord, we're asking right now that some of our politicians and pundits have caused anxiety as it seems as if the world will end, dependent upon which candidate is victorious. Lord, we know that the, our lives and this whole world is in your hands. Lord, we're asking that you rebuke anxiety and depression. Lord, we rebuke thoughts of self-harm. Lord, we rebuke thoughts of rage, insurgence, and violence. Any of those thoughts and emotions that might cause us to harm ourselves or even think evil of our brother. Lord, we know that is nothing but the work of the enemy. Lord, we rebuke his work right now and let it be forever cast out. Lord, you strengthen us, our homes, our families, and Lord, even in this nation. Let us be reminded, Lord, it is not how our politicians treat us, but it's more important how we treat each other. We are to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Lord, I pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. God bless you. Uh, this season 
we have been talking about this is 2020 and we're in the final quarter. We're in the final quarter of this season, the last few months. And what are we going to do in the fourth quarter? What are we going to do with the final quarter of this year? One of the things that I implore you not to do, you cannot surrender. You cannot wave the white flag. You cannot give up. Tonight, 50% of our country is probably going to be upset, a little frustrated. And the other 50% may even be overly, feel overly jubilant. As if the outcome of this election somehow changes our lives. In either case, no matter who wins, I'm, my trust is in God. Do I have anybody out there who's with me? Just give me that raised hand emoji if you're with me. Regardless of who wins, my trust is in God. It is in God now. It was in God before today. And it will be in God tomorrow. David said, preserve me, Lord, for in thee do I put my trust. In other words, David was saying, Lord, all of my hope and all of my trust and all of my expectation is not in the world, is not in the hand of the king. But Lord, my hope, my expectation, all of that is in your hand. And I'm trusting you with it. Won't you trust him with it tonight? Why don't you trust him? I'm going to share a little bit from Sunday, uh, uh, some, a continuation of what we were sharing on Sunday. The previous Sunday, we had talked about who do you trust we, in terms of examining who's on your team and trying to see if you have the right members of your team to go forward in your destiny. This past Sunday, we discussed how do you see yourself? How do you see yourself? We are quick to point out other people and how they might have a fingerprint on our destiny. But often we forget ourselves. We are the main character, the main decision maker. And we, often our success is thwarted, not by others, but by ourselves. And it is important to, for us to view ourselves correctly, to get a correct vision for us, to see ourselves as God sees us. Ask, ask yourself that question. Do I see me the same way that God sees me? When we thought about that, we were led to the scriptures there in Numbers. And there we are in number thir Numbers 13 and looking at verse 30. Numbers 13 and verse 30. And this is the New King James Version. It says, and this is regarding the spies who were sent to spy out the land there in Canaan. They came back with this report and then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out saying the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the, who came from the giants and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. And so we were in their sight. I want you to notice that these people, these men, all had the same journey. 
They all had the same destination. They all saw the same things and lived the same experience. But yet they came back with different testimonies. I want you to get that. They saw the same things. They went on the same journey. They followed the same path. They observed the same things. But yet, despite seeing the same things, observing the same things, being in the same space, they yet had very different testimonies. Their testimonies was less about what they saw on the outside. And it was more a reflection of how they saw themselves. Just, just, just a thought. I'm going to just throw this out there. Do the people who walk with you see what you see? Do the people who walk with you, do they see what you see? Do they see opportunities? Do they see options? On, on Sunday, we talked extensively about David, and we won't go all the way back through that. I, that stream is available if you want to watch what we shared on Sunday. But we talked about David as he encountered his brothers when he was bringing them lunch, and Goliath was out there in the Valley of Elah. And he was taunting and defaming God. David was offended by what Goliath said about God. And David saw it as an opportunity to defend what was in him, to defend God's name, to defend God's word, to defend God's reputation. While all of the rest of the army were fearful and thought only of their own lives, David didn't see a giant problem. David saw a giant opportunity. How many of us have looked at 2020 as a giant problem instead of a giant opportunity? How many of us have seen 2020 as a giant problem instead of reflecting upon it as a giant opportunity? Because wherever there is a big problem, there is a big opportunity. Can you imagine, for those of you who are old enough, 20 years ago, if you knew now, what, if you knew then what you know now about the proliferation of the internet, of online opportunities, Google, Amazon, eBay, Apple. Just think if you knew then, 20 years ago, what technology, what online opportunities would be available then? If you knew that then, what you know now. Just imagine how profitable that would be to you. You know why? It's because you would have been in a position to answer a big problem, to provide the solution to an opportunity that many people did not yet see. That's, why, that's what separates many of those who are very wealthy. They always had answers to big problems. So wherever there is a big problem, wherever there is a big gap, there is a big opportunity. If you begin to envision 2020 as a big opportunity instead of a big problem, you need to question, what have you been doing with this opportunity? What have you been doing with the problem that has been presented to you? Because each of you out there, every one of you who makes money, Every one of you who is gainfully employed, you are problem solvers. The reason people pay you is because you solve problems. And the bigger the problem you solve, the larger your salary, the more money you're going to make, 
In fact, the more unique the problem, if it's a big unique problem and nobody else can solve it, or very few people can solve it, it's more profitable to you to be a problem solver because you're solving a big problem that very few people have the skill, the education, or the ability to address. 2020 has presented us as a big problem, but I challenge you in the final quarter of this year, stop looking at 2020 as a big problem and start looking at it as a big opportunity. Because the bigger the problem, the bigger the opportunity to solve the problem and the more profitable it is to you. What does that have to do with our text? That's exactly what David did when we talked about David. David saw a big opportunity. David asked this question as it relates to Goliath. He said, what shall be done for the man who kills this giant? In other words, I see a big, you see a big problem. I see a big opportunity. And that means if there is a big opportunity and, and I solve this big problem, there should be something that's waiting for me. There's something in store with, for me. There is going to be a great amount of favor that is attributed to me if I'm able to slay this giant that you only see as a problem while I see it as an opportunity. We know what came from that. David was on his way to being king anyway. And even to the current king, Saul, they said Saul slayed his thousands, but David slayed his ten thousands. David was esteemed greatly and is still considered the greatest king in the history of Israel. Because instead of shrinking in the face of a big problem, David reimagined it as a big opportunity. I'm challenging you right now to reimagine 2020, not as your biggest problem, but as your biggest opportunity. And it's time to step up into that opportunity. Those who were with Caleb and, and those who were with Jacob here in our text in Numbers 13, they saw big problems. They saw giants. But the reason they saw them is because it was a reflection of how they saw themselves. You notice in the text there in the final scripture there in verse 33, it said, we saw giants, the sons of Anak who came from giants. It said, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so were we, so we were in their sight. They're saying, this is how we saw ourselves. We saw ourselves as small and insignificant and powerless. And that's how we imagine that they saw us too. That's how we imagine that they saw us. You know, the thing about grasshoppers, grasshoppers are so afraid that they are, they blend in. You know, this grasshoppers are camouflage. If you're looking in a tall weight of grass, it's difficult to find a grasshopper because one of the grasshoppers ability is not only it's powerful legs that help it to run away from problems, but also its appearance. It's meant to blend in with its surroundings. That's challenging sometimes because when you're faced with a big problem and God puts favor upon you, he does not give you the benefit or the luxury of blending in. Sometimes you're going to have to stand out. The Bible says we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood who've been called out of the darkness into the light. Sometimes God is causing the favor that is on you to shine, to step out from amongst your safety net, to step out amongst the safety of being in the crowd or being lost in your surroundings. Step out from the camouflage of your environment and step into the favor 
and expectation that God has for you. David could have blended in with the rest of those soldiers who were fearful and afraid of Goliath. And nobody, nobody would have called him on it. He would have been just one of the crowd. Just another one of the soldiers who was afraid to face the giant. But at that moment, David had to exercise the greatness that God had put inside of him. And we shared this on Sunday and I need you to remind you that there is something great that God has put in you and I don't want you to miss your moment. Just because 2020 has been plagued by the pandemic, by racial tension, by the ugliness of this election season cycle, that does not diminish your destiny. That does not diminish the gift that God has put inside you. That does not diminish the favor that is on your life. While you're thinking that this is a big problem, it's a good time to sit down. No, my friend, this is a time to step up. Stop looking at the problem and start seeing the possibility. Stop looking at the size of the problem and see the potential of the possibility. See the potential of the opportunity that God is providing for you. This is not a time to blend in this is not a time to use your camouflage. This is not a time to hide. This is your time to step up. Don't miss your destiny moment because your environment has made it easy to be fearful. You have every built-in excuse you could possibly have in 2020. They'll tell you, oh, it's okay, it was a pandemic year. We understand why you didn't succeed. We understand why you didn't move forward. We understand why you didn't stretch out and trust God. We understand why you didn't exercise your faith. We understand why you didn't reach to purchase your new home. We understand why you didn't step out in faith and challenge yourself to get a higher education. We understand why you didn't reach out for that job opportunity. We understand why you didn't reach that next level in ministry. We understand you have every built in possible excuse has been provided by the pandemic, by 2020, by the challenges of this year. But if you do it, you're using your camouflage. You're hiding your favor. You're shrieking in the moment. This is the moment to step up. This is your moment of destiny. This is your moment to grab hold to what God has placed inside of you. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss your opportunity. Don't let the devil cause you to miss that which God has already laid out before you. Many of us think the devil just wants us to not be saved, to not go to church, but we miss, we're missing something. You think he stops working once you cross the threshold of the church? You think he, he stops working just because you're participating on, on online and streaming formats for services? You think the devil stops working against you? No. All the devil has to do is continue to allow you to miss opportunities to advise you to camouflage yourself, to stand back, to don't sh not shine. Don't let anybody see the favor that's on you. Don't allow God's favor to be exercised in your life because he knows as long as he continues to diminish your opportunities, as long as you fall short of your goals, as long as you fall short of what God has for you, at some point you get frustrated and your frustration will push you further and further away from God. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss your opportunity. It's not time to blend in. And finally, I'm going to leave you with this. I told you the 
Grasshopper's defense mechanisms are his camouflage and also his powerful hind legs. The powerful hind legs of the grasshopper allows it to flee quickly from adversaries, to run quickly and hop quickly away from its potential predators. I'm telling you, this is not a time to run. I said it's not a time to hide and it's definitely not a time to run. Don't flee. Don't run away. Step up to the challenge. Step up to the opportunity. Everybody else around you might be shrinking in fear because all they see is a big problem. But I want you to remind yourself of who is in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. If that's true, then that means that there is not a challenge that is too great for me. There is not a problem that is too big for me. Why? Because it's not me, it's we. We got this. That's what we've been hashtagging. Hashtag for that, that for me right now. Hashtag we got this. It's not me, it's we. Because I'm not by myself. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. When I am reminded that God is with me, the challenge doesn't look so big. When I remember that God is with me, the problem does not seem so daunting. When I remember that God is with me, I don't have to be fearful in the face of election results. When I remember that God is with me, I do not have to be paralyzed in my destiny in the middle of a pandemic. When I remember that God is with me, I am not thwarted by racial tension, by all of the other things that may plague my heart and my mind. I know that my God is all powerful and almighty and that I can do all things through him. There is nothing that can stand in my way. It's not the time to hide. It's not the time to run. You know what it's time to do? It's time to step up. It's time to step up. Step up into your favor. We talked about Joseph. Step up into the coat of favor that God has put upon you. We talked about David. David didn't run away from the giant, but when he ran to face him, he stepped up. He didn't step back. He had the slingshot in his hand, but he stepped forward into his destiny. He stepped up into his moment. And I need somebody to understand that your moment is coming. Your moment is coming. Don't miss your moment. It reminds me of a movie that I watched. I would tell you, but I, I'm dating myself. The, the movie is called Crimson Tide. In the movie, Denzel Washington is the executive officer. He is the assistant to Gene Hackman, who is the captain of the submarine. In the middle of a fire, while there is a fire down in the galley, Gene Hackman, the captain, he calls for a drill. He calls for a readiness drill. The purpose of the drill is to, for their, to prepare their readiness in the event that ha they had to launch an attack. In the middle of the fire that's raging in the galley, Denzel Washington, the executive officer, he addresses the fire. He helps to put out the fire. Even in the middle of the fire, a young man loses his life. He then immediately has to run back to his post right beside the captain to assist with the drill. After the drill is over, he goes to the captain. He said, that was a bad time to run that drill. He said, we were in the middle of a panic. We were in the middle of a crisis. Why did you run a drill 
in the middle of a crisis. The captain spoke to him and he said, you'll never know how ready you are until you operate in the middle of a crisis. You'll never know how ready you are until you operate in the middle of a crisis. Yes, we may be facing a crisis. Yes, we'll be facing so many things around us at this moment. But this is not the time to put down your destiny. This is not the time to put down your dreams. This is not the time to neglect your plans. Don't blend in. Don't hide. Don't run. Don't shrink from this moment. This is your moment not to sit down. This is your moment not to blend in, but this is your moment to step up. Can I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for these few moments that we've had to share with your people. Strengthen us, Lord, in this moment, in this time. Lord, even on this night, Lord, as things have been, are being put in place by the election, as our leaders are being confirmed or reaffirmed and some are ch may change, Lord, let us be reminded that our life is yet in your hands. Let us be reminded that the earth is the Lord, the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. And no matter who may be in charge of our government, God, you yet are in full control of our lives. And for that, Lord, we say thank you. Lord, I pray for peace in our nation. I speak against evil against violence. I speak against harm. I speak against hurt. I speak against evilness to our neighbors. Lord, I, I speak against death. Lord, I continue to even speak against the virus that plagues us. Lord, instead of seeing this, 2020 as a big problem. Lord, let us see this as a big opportunity for us to love more, to have more compassion, to pray more for each other, to share more with each other, and to grow closer together, even in you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Tonight I pray that you've been blessed by what you've heard. I pray that you will share this with someone else. I pray for you, I pray for our nation, and I pray for our households. And I know, despite it all, remember, our God, is yet in control. Be blessed is my prayer. And I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Jeremiah 3 and 15. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings the good news. Isaiah 52 and 7. Bright Temple coming soon. Our pastor and first family love day. Sunday, November the 15th at 10 a.m. at Bright Temple. Come help us celebrate our pastor and first family with an offering of love, gifts, and monetary contributions. If you decide to come by on Sunday, November the 15th at 10 a.m., please remember to practice social distancing. You can make your monetary contributions by Giveify, Cash App, or by mailing your gift to the church. Please specify your contribution under Pastor Anniversary slash Love Day. Thank you in advance for helping us celebrate our pastor and first family. inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. 
Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gifts.